We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jessica Cootie along with Meg McDonald for the Sooner Sports Podcast, ladies edition. Meg, how you doing? Yes, we were just talking before we hit the record button. This is the first day I've woken up in a month excited. Like, I feel like I have a purpose today. I got up, I worked out, I got ready, did my hair for the first time in a month, have not done my hair or makeup in a month. So this is an exciting day for me. (laughs) This is a big day for me. That's awesome. So Meg and I started this uh, ladies podcast. It was about a couple years ago. We had this idea to kind of feature uh, the women of OU athletics, the ladies sports kind of put a spotlight on the women within the athletics department and not just athletes, not just coaches. We've uh, talking to some um, support staff, some personnel, um, all ins and outs of the athletics department to kind of um, help people get to know um, other different aspects of the athletics department and, and the roles that the women play within the athletics department. And obviously with sports being put on hold, let me back up. It got so busy for both of us. We had to put it on, we had to put it on pause. And we had a lot of you guys, I hope the ones that are uh, listening to us now, reach out to us, uh, asking us when we were going to bring it back. Well, here you are. You're welcome. We're bringing it back. Um, being that we do have some downtime right now. And, and um, that's one great thing. Uh, shout out to our boss, Jacob Potter. It, when everything kind of unfolded, it hasn't been oh, we're, we're taking a pause too, we're on vacation. It's just changed how we're doing our work. 
We still want to be putting out content, however that might be possible. And while it has slowed down a little bit just because we don't have games and, and championships and everything to cover, we still want to be putting out that content. And so this was another idea that actually he had kind of brought forth. How, how do you guys feel about bringing back the, back the ladies podcast? And so I think we were both all for it and we have some great guests we we start we're starting off with the bang meg i don't know we got to keep live it up each and every week because we're setting the bar pretty high today well just when we did this podcast gosh what a year and a half two years ago i can't remember we started out with a bang then we did patty gasso sherry cole and kj kindler all in one yeah like, that's the trifecta how do you live <laughs> up to that how do you live up I to think that? It's still one of the most uh, listened to podcasts in the Sooner Sports podcast. As it should. As it should be. I have no doubt in my mind that those head coaches are not just legends in their sports, but Coach. legends in all NCAA sports. So yes. listen to it again, guys, while you're at it. Yeah. So today we've got um, two of the most uh, notable female student athletes in all of the University of Oklahoma. And, um, you know, I think with. Nicole Mendez and Maggie Nichols, you, you automatically, if you're listening, you know who they are. But I think what's important to note about them is not only that are they one of the best, well, Maggie Nichols is the best in women's college gymnastics, and Nicole Mendez is one of the best in all of college softball. Um, they also utilize their voices. Uh, Nicole Mendez is active in so many different organizations. Uh, we actually, she was big into bringing forth a, an initiative for mental health at the University of Oklahoma. We actually got into that, which is big right now, right? I think a lot of people are kind of battling, managing what to do with themselves right now in this pandemic. So we talked about that and I know you got into some cool things with Maggie as well. Yeah, Maggie and I go to go into the Olympics being postponed now. I don't know if anyone remembers, but back in 2016, she was a lock for that Olympic team. She was part of the world championship winning team in 2015, her and Simone Biles. They were, you know, one and two in the nation. And then right before trials, she tore her meniscus. So I kind of went into what would an extra year, what would that delay have done for you? Had you had an extra year to prepare for the Olympics? What her take was on with Simone Biles, you know, she's an older gymnast being the Olympics are postponed another year, what that looks like. And of course we go into, if she had the opportunity to come back, could she, could her body sustain another year of NCAA college gymnastics? We break it all down. We go in through her quarantine routines, how she's staying in shape. We have a ton of Twitter questions that uh, I got to ask her. So all the fans that sent in questions, thank you so much. They were great. Um, but yeah, super excited for you guys to listen to this interview. You'll learn uh, something about her that I did not know if she didn't compete in the sport of gymnastics, what sport she's really into. So softball. it is not softball, but I'm excited. Okay. I have no idea about this. So super excited for you guys to hear this, hear it. All right. Well, and speaking of Olympics, Nicole Mendez was set to be an Olympian this summer, what that means for her, how she's preparing being that it is delayed another year. All of that up next. We start Nicole Mendez and then follow that up with Meg's interview with Maggie. Keep it here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. More right after this break. This episode of the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by AT&T, America's best network. Academy Sports and Outdoors. Academy Sports and Outdoors is the preferred sporting goods retailer of Oklahoma Athletics. Interested in OU football season tickets for the 2020 season? 
Visit the football ticketing page on Soonersports.com today to fill out an interest form. Don't miss a second of the action. Metroplex Electric, we can be your electrician. Well, when we decided that we were going to bring back the ladies podcast, uh, initially my first thought for who we should bring as our first guest onto our first show back, Nicole Mendez had to be, not only because she was a senior who uh, saw her season kind of come to an abrupt halt, but also was Olympian this summer too, um, was very much involved in all things on campus. So Lots of things we can talk to her about, but um, just an incredible representative of not just Oklahoma softball, but the University of Oklahoma as a whole. So, Nicole, we appreciate you coming on with us here for the first time. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Cootie. I appreciate it. As soon as you asked, I was like, of course, anything Cootie wants, I'll give it to her. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, what has life been like for you with no softball? I mean, I think I was looking at the schedule today. Coming up this weekend, you would have um, Kansas. And then you'd have two more, I think, Big 12 series before it'd be the Big 12 tournament. And then you're talking postseason. So it's kind of crazy to think about how the time is still kind of, it's gone by slow. But then to me, it's also kind of gone by fast a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now that you say that, that is crazy. Uh, finals, season, postseason, all that's around the corner. And I, I guess kind of being in quarantine, you kind of lose the sense of all the time. Like you're like, right? reminding yourself what day it is okay this is due this day all right I guess I should get up at a certain amount of time even though I'm not going anywhere so that's been really new and different to not have a schedule that's jam-packed um almost 24 7 um but it's been really nice to kind of take a breath and expand my interests uh getting new hobbies uh unfortunately gaining an online shopping addiction um, <laughs> um but in all seriousness it's been a really good um time in quarantine to really reflect on what I want to do in this upcoming year I plan on returning um and starting graduate school but things will look a little bit different this year than they would have last year and the Olympics obviously being postponed to next year I still have a lot of things to focus on work through and figure out so having this downtime is actually kind of a blessing in disguise plus I get to fully recover from my injury I'll get a full year before I even play softball again um, really to heal and things like that so I'm really embracing this time even though it is difficult Okay, so first of all, a couple things to dive into right there. You're, you said you're picking up some new hobbies. You were telling me you have started sewing. I have. Uh, why sewing? How is that going? <laughs> um, I don't know. It was it was like the first thing that I could think of, and it's like hobbies. <laughs> like, what are what is a hobby? And like sewing, like popped up into my head, and I was like, I guess I'll look at sewing. So I've been watching YouTube tutorials. Uh, I've migrated from straight stitching to uh, now working on like the folds and like hopefully making some patterns and things like that. So it's going slowly, uh, slowly, uh, but it's definitely going good. It's interesting and it keeps me entertained. It's a time consumer for sure. Yeah. Do you have a sewing machine or are you just doing it by hand right now? I do have a sewing machine at uh, my wow. house, but I've been doing this by hand, just kind of figuring it out my grandma actually she was a huge sewer she made me dresses all the time whenever I was younger 
And so I guess part of, and she would sew it all by hand. And so part of me is kind of like, oh, like I'm going to be like my grandma. So I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's very cool though. You have to like post some updates of what you're working on, like how the progress is going so we can follow yeah, For sure. I'll tag you in it too, just so you don't miss it. So. I, I can't wait to see how that progresses along. So you were talking about um, your ACL injury. And of course, as most people know, you know, it, it's a process to get back, not only after your surgery, but then through the rehab. I mean, I tore both of mine, so trust me, I understand. But then it's once you get back, it's not like you're fully back. I think it's a lot of people think, oh, you're released, you're 100%. No, it takes you a little bit to get back into game mode. You know, we saw it with Rodney Anderson a couple of years ago where, you know, you, you'll remember during his junior season, he went off um, because he had kind of come back from an injury. It just, once you miss out, it takes you a, a long time to get back to full game mode. You might be 100% healthy, ready to go, but you're not 100% game mode. So kind of walk us through where you were in that process. You had gotten back into the lineup. I don't think you were playing in the field yet, but you did have some at-bats. You did not have any at-bats. I did have some at-bats. But you were not in the field yet. So kind of what was the progress where you were at when the season came to an end? So coach had asked me the weekend before season ended, hey, do you think you could hit this game? And I was like, uh. <laughs> And so I'm talking about it, and – I go over it with my trainer. I told coach I would let her know by the fourth inning. And for me, it's like, I want to, but can I? And I had been doing it in practice and I've been hitting and it's been fine. I was just, a part of me was kind of scared. Like, what if something happens? Um, but then the other part of me was like, you're going to have to come back at some point. Um, and anything that she's asking you to do isn't anything that's, out of the question, anything that I haven't done already before. Uh, I remember going into the locker room and calling my parents and saying like, Hey, like I am going to play in this game. I'm just letting you know. And then I like <laughs> ran back out. Um, and I went in and I just remember being so excited and then like check swinging to the pitcher and like getting out. But that was my, my first at bat back. And I was so excited. I just check swinged and I was like, Oh, well, um, but as that was the very first game, I think I played in four games total, just hitting. We weren't at the point where I was ready to uh, be doing any fielding. If I was to come back on the field, it would have been uh, at first base. So uh, a lot less running, a lot less uh, moving around, just mainly stretching to catch the ball, and that would be it. Uh, but I, I wasn't even there yet. At that point in the season, it was either hitting or fielding. So I was like, I know I can hit the ball and be fine and just kind of jog it out with fielding was kind of uncertain, the quick movements. Um, yeah, if you then, just hit home runs and you can just jog the whole time. Yeah. And then <laughs> my last two, or my third from last at bat, I hit a home run. And then my next at bat, I hit a home run. And then my last at bat, I walked. And I was like, you know what? Hey, like, perfect. That's exactly what you needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty nice. I just remember thinking to myself, like, oh, like, I should just end it here. Like, that should be good. And then, like, <laughs> ended, I was like, wait, I wasn't for real. Like, I was kidding. But, yeah. So, okay. When it all comes to an end and then you're thinking, I'm sure you got to be heartbroken thinking my senior season ended that way, but then it comes out that you are going to get your eligibility back for the last season. Had to be a huge relief. I know um, it's been announced that um, 
you know, you, you guys had three of you guys in your senior class. I believe all three of you right now are, are for sure planning on coming back. Um, so huge relief, right, for you to know that you can still come back and finish out your senior season? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that it was kind of up in the air for about a week, week and a half. And while that's not a long time, whenever the impact that it has, like, right. that's never to wait on that answer. And, like, everyone was just waiting for the answer to find out one way or another. Um, I was fortunate enough to only have played in four games. And two days before the deadline to redshirt, that's when they announced. So um, I would have been able to redshirt and play again. But I know for our other senior, Shannon, um, this means the world to her that she's able to come back. And like, I was gutted knowing that our season was over and that we couldn't play this year. Uh, I can't even imagine how she must have felt not knowing if she would have been able to come back and finish what she started. So um, I didn't really have that worry of not being able to come back, but the disappointment was definitely there for a season being canceled. I don't I think I told someone else, like, I can't remember the last time I haven't played softball for like a whole year. Like, I don't even remember the last time. I may have been like three. I don't even know. Um, so this is definitely an adjustment for sure. So we've seen um, a, a lot of teams are communicating like this, like we are right now via Zoom um, and whatnot. How are you kind of continuing re your rehab, but then also kind of getting back to getting healthy without playing games? Yeah, so right now it's kind of restricted and limited, um, but I've done a really good job talking with Andy, our trainer, and she's been amazing. She's been sending me workouts to do uh, rehab-wise. I'll Sometimes I'll take videos of me doing things so she can just kind of keep an eye and keep track on what I'm doing. Um, another thing is we've decided since I do have more time, we won't be quite as aggressive with the rehab process. Right. So right now, uh, we're kind of staying where I left off and we're kind of really, really getting strength back in that quad um, going into this next year. And then softball wise, that one's kind of tough, especially um, by myself. Uh, I can maybe throw with my parents, but it's not the same as practice every day. Um, I have a net, I have a bucket of balls and that's pretty much what I can do uh, right now. A lot of our parks are closed down too. So it's just kind of, getting creative with different ways, different foot drills that I can do safely um, and things like that. But it's, it's a challenge for sure. So the Olympics being postponed too, um, for those that might be listening in that might not know that Nicole had qualified with Team Mexico, she was going to be an Olympian this summer. And so that had to be heartbreaking for you. I mean, you're still going to, everything's going to be the same, right? It's just postponed. Like you're, you're, still yeah. qualified, still going to be a part of Team Mexico. It's just going to be pushed back a year, but it had to be still, again, disappointing knowing that it's not happening this summer. Yeah, it was like everything this year got put on pause, and they were like, rewind, let's just start it all over, just run it back. <laughs> okay. Um, like you said, like disappointed, but ultimately I am excited because, like you were talking about earlier, it gives me – more of a chance to get into game mode, to be ready. I know um, these past two years that I've played and we've been in postseason, once it ends, I'm like, I don't want it to end. Like, I'm ready to do more. So 
in a way it kind of works out that next year I'm going to be fully healthy. I have a full year to get in that game mode. And if I know myself, most of the time during postseason is kind of when I'm hitting that high. And so to be able to go into the Olympics on that high and to have that game mode on, um, I'm really, really excited. Yeah, man, you're following in the footsteps of a big play, Shay. You have come up big in the World Series almost every year. Starting your freshman year, you came in, you pitched, right? Yeah. And then you had the huge uh, – I'll always remember it because um, of the little video that we did with all of the little girls. Um, Zach Salmon's daughter, Meatball, she had uh, the task of being you. And she hit it off this little tee with this plastic bat, but she said, Mendez off the wall. And that ended up being a huge play for the team. I think it was against Alabama. Mm -hmm. And uh, they said they took her to the World Series. And it was every player that went up to bat for OU. She was yelling, Mendez off the wall. But no, <laughs> you came up with a big play after big play. I mean, we would be getting close to getting into the postseason. Do you have like a favorite postseason big play that you made? Um. I have to say one of my favorites, I have two, and it's kind of funny because one's just like a routine, like nothing crazy big, but I just remember we were and we were playing Arkansas, and I can't remember if it was regionals or super regionals, but I remember it, it, it was Jossie's freshman year, and Mary Hass was pitching, and she's a great pitcher, and she throws down and away, and I remember taking that pitch oppo and I hit it over the left fielder's head and it bounced off the wall and I saw it from second base and I stretched it into a triple. And I just remember feeling like so excited because in that point, like I had been kind of struggling with that pitch that year. And to be able to do that during that time, I was like super stoked. It just, I don't know why. It's, I mean, it's not like it was a game ending hit or anything, but uh, that one was lit off a little bit, right? Maybe. Yeah, and then the other one, definitely probably one of my favorites is the throw that I had from second from the outfield into second base my freshman year. Um, yeah. Mandela hit that ball, and I got in the gap, and I threw her out at second. Like That was the craziest, craziest thing. And then I would probably say the most – I'm getting chills right now just thinking about I that. Know. The most recent one that like always gets me crazy hype is uh, the catch that I made against Alabama. I, I like playing them. I do really well. I think so. Um, but the diving catch I had against Alabama in center field um, in the top of the seventh, uh, the, the game that we ended up losing. But I just remember that catch, and I just remember everyone being so excited, and I was so excited, and it was just awesome, awesome. So – Going into this year, knowing that you had torn your ACL, of course, in the offseason or in the fall, um, a lot of, I'm sure, your goals were about getting back healthy, helping the team however you can. But now that, like you said, you kind of get to reset the year a little bit, does it maybe readjust what you would have planned and hoped to accomplish for yourself and this team, knowing that you do have another year at it and hopefully you will be back to 100% healthy when you restart this thing back up? Yeah. Um, personally, I hope not. Um, I think I was in a really good place mentally. I had been working on that a lot because that was pretty much the only thing I could do. Mentally, I was in a really good place of wanting to be on the field, wanting to give it my all. 
I was all in, whether it was a pinch hit or whether I got to play. Uh, I think that was a really good place. And I and think it's been really, yeah, yeah. And I think it's really going to help the team this year. Um, we had so many newcomers this year, and it's hard whenever you have half of a team new. And for us to be able to get a whole nother year to kind of restart and redo it again, I think with the addition of the new freshmen, uh, I think this team's going to be really, really good. But I think we're finally starting to figure some stuff out uh, right before season ended. So hopefully we pick up maybe not where we left off because realistically we had a long time off. But with that mindset of wanting to play, wanting to be there and wanting to play for each other, I'm, I think it'll be a really good year. That's awesome. I have a couple more things for you, just because it's not just for you. You're the definition of a student student athlete. You don't just play sports. You are involved in a lot of different things, especially um, leadership within not just Oklahoma, but also Big 12. Um, how does that kind of change? Again, you, you said figuring out what you're wanting to do. Now that you have another year kind of being able to get involved, with those kinds of things, what are you kind of hoping to do with another year of impact that you're going to be able to make as a student athlete? Yeah, I know. Um, I was starting to wind things down and kind of like step away from some positions, giving um, younger people the encouragement and kind of the spotlight to kind of pave their own path. But now that I have another year, um, I don't really know too much about what exactly, but I do know that I would like to really, really kind of speak to student athletes as a whole and get them more involved with taking control of their own experience. If I could leave anything behind as a legacy, um, the mental health games, that is something that I am immensely proud of and how far it's come from where we first started a few years ago to now. Um, that is my baby and I'm so proud of that. Um, but something that I would really love to see left as my legacy. And again, I haven't thought out all the details yet, but um, showing the student athletes here at OU that their voice does matter and showing them that whenever they do come together, that we are powerful and we have a voice and not only within our athletic department, but within our university and within our community, um, the platform that we have is huge. It's huge and it's almost unparalleled in another university. I mean, how many sports are this good at another university and the fan base, the community base, the um, student, student base, uh, like you won't find it anywhere else. And so this is the time, if you have something that you're passionate about, something that you wanna pursue, this is a time to go after it. And this is a time to, help others reach that goal and that dream and that passion. So if there's anything that I could work on this year, I think that would be it. Okay, you kind of cut out, you said the mental health aspect, right? Isn't that what you said? Yes. For student athletes. So if someone is listening into this and wants to explore more information on that, where can you send them to find some more information and, and whatnot that you were talking about that, that aspect? There are lots and lots and lots of resources that are out there, but one that I found was mentalhealth.gov, and there are a lot of um, links, so there's all kinds of mental health problems, and sometimes it's something small, and sometimes it's something really, really big. Um, if it's something bigger, I would first encourage people to go to 
psychologist, there's nothing wrong with going to therapy. Uh, there's a big stigma against it, but there's nothing wrong with reaching out and getting professional help. Um, I highly encourage it. In fact, um, another way to do it, if you want it to be anonymous is like I said, going to mentalhealth.gov and there's lots of suicide links, drinking links, um, depression, things like that. Um, if you're ashamed or embarrassed and you can't quite find it in you to reach out for help yet, um, that's a really good starting place. And then if you're just kind of sad or you're struggling, um, one of my favorites is going to Pinterest and just looking up mental health. And there are so many tips and tricks on there and you can find a ton of information um, that you can apply to your day-to-day -day life that are really, really easy and don't require uh, too much work. Um, but yeah, those are be my three go-tos. Why was it important for you? You said it was your baby. Why was it important for you to kind of shine a light on that stigma and, and um, kind of changing the narrative of that? Yeah. So whenever I first started it, um, I had a teammate and she had struggled with mental health in multiple different ways, um, clinical and just like in her personal life. Um, and it was hard to watch. And the hardest thing I think besides just watching it happen to her was whenever she asked questions or whenever she said stuff that was concerning, I didn't know how to respond and I didn't know how to identify the signs. And afterwards I was like, I don't know what to do. And that for me was the scariest thing thinking if someone else I love that happens to them as well. Like, am I going to be able to respond in the appropriate way to help them or am I going to do more harm? And so that's whenever I kind of started researching it, learning more about it. Um, and that idea of the mental health game was born. Also with the Big 12 that year, that was kind of a big push. Um, and I got some of the other student athletes from other campuses on board. And we've done a couple of games during the Big 12 where say West Virginia and OU will both participate in the mental health game at the same time, which has been amazing. Um, and then my sophomore year, I personally struggled with mental health, not anything crazy or clinical. I just, I struggled mentally and I, I was depressed and I, I didn't know how to get out of it. Nothing was really wrong in my life, but I was just struggling. And you can say like, oh, I like really emphasize, emphasize, empathize with you but whenever it actually happens to you you fully understand the impact of it and the impact that it has on your life and that kind of just reinvigorated my motivation to make this bigger and fuller uh, large scale and i definitely got to give a shout out to the pros office i know too a lot of people have shared with me um that even just like you said it's not even just um you know anything from suicide to just struggling to go to class you know just something struggling with motivation there's so many different types of mental health that they deal with that you know they they open door and it's private and you can deal with it however you want to deal with it but I think that's been a big push I know that you you guys in SAC and we're behind it a lot to get that messaging out there that it's more than likely the person sitting next to you is struggling with it or has struggled with it too. And just finding, you know, uh, ways to deal with that. And it's different for everybody. So I think that was, you know, that's a big message for the pros office. Um, it, I, I think it's been great for me also to kind of get to hear some of their stories. 
last thing for you, you talk about using your voice and you and I got to work together on a project for National Girls and Women in Sports Day. And I love what you had talked about, Coach Gasso helping you to um, find that voice and believe in that voice. How much did Patty Gasso help you find your voice between freshman year to where you are right now? Yeah. Um, thinking about who I was coming in as a freshman, I was uh, insecure. I wasn't fully confident in myself. I had everything, all the tools that I needed, but I didn't quite believe in it yet. And for her to come up to me and say, like, you have it all. You just have to believe it. And for her to not give me the validation herself, but to have me understand that I don't need anybody's validation to understand how great I am. I just need to understand it and believe in it myself. And I think that was the biggest thing um, that kind of switched to light for me personally uh, into growing who I, into who I am today. And I think every year since freshman year, after the year's over and I kind of sit back and reflect, I always say to myself, like, wow, I grew so much this year. Like, I don't know how I can grow this much next year. Then next year, I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to top this. And, I mean, year after year, it's never failed. And I think Coach does a really good job of developing girls into women and whenever you develop into a woman, it spreads all across your life. It's, it's a character trait. It's, um, it's a habit. It's who you are. And so if you are a woman that will show on the field, that will show in the classroom, that will show in your extracurricular activities. And so a lot of times you see people focusing on one aspect of their life and getting really good in one aspect of their life. And I just say, understanding what it takes to become that woman and knowing how to take that next step, how to go to that next level and not needing validation from anyone else to realize and appreciate how amazing you are. That's going to be the game changer for women. I think. Wow. Very well said and a great ending point. I'm so glad we get to hear all of that for an entire another year from Nicole <laughs> Mendez. I'm so excited you uh, got that eligibility back. We get to, you get to deal with me. You get yes, to, I love it. I love pounding it. you for interviews and projects for a whole <laughs> nother year. And another thing, she's going to come in and um, shadow me. I think, uh, right? Yes. That's what we're looking forward to. Yes, definitely. Yes. So um, I'm excited. Uh, more of Mendez and bright, bright future. And I'm just glad that it's on pause at OU for another year. Um, we appreciate your time. Nicole Mendez, our very first guest as we reboot this ladies podcast. Thanks, Mindy. Thank you. And coming up right after this break, we've got Maggie Nichols with Meg up next. This episode of the Sooner Sports Podcast is presented in part by Norman Regional. Norman Regional offers virtual care so you can consult with a doc on your smartphone. Learn more at normanvirtualcare.com or download the app today. Cruising Auto Spa. Need an oil change? Cruise in Auto Spa will take care of you, and you don't even have to leave your car. They're also offering free exterior washes for any bartender or server that is temporarily out of work. Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut remains committed to serving our customers through contactless delivery, carryout, and would love to add you to our family of drivers, dispatchers, cooks, and management. 
Visit jobs.pizzahut.com to learn more. Hey, we'll get you back to Jessica Cootie and Meg McDonald in just a bit, including Meg's sit-down with the one and only Maggie Nichols. But right now, we are joined by the Assistant Regional Census Manager, Jerome Garza, who's going to take us in-depth on the importance of the census. And Jerome, let's just start as simple and as elementary as we can. What exactly is the census? There's really two reasons that the census is important to local individuals and the Sooner Nations. First, it's money. Second, it's representation. What do you mean money, Jerome? (laughs) Well, over $675 billion annually from the federal government is, is allocated back to local cities, counties, and governments. With that, You say, well, okay, well, how does it affect me? If you look at colleges and universities, if you look at hospitals, they use the census data to determine, okay, where do we need to build new buildings? Where do we need to build new hospitals? You look at local cities, where do we need to place new fire stations? Where do we need more police stations? It all has to do with the census, and they have a count of individuals where they reside by county. So we're determining where we need to do things. So, so that, that that's what really helps us and and planning each of the communities and each of the the the, the future of where buildings are located. Number two, I talked about representation. We all know that every ten years, the House of Representatives is reallocated by state, depending on the number of residents that reside in a given state. So it it comes to representation. But those numbers are also used for the local school boards, the local city councils, the local county governments. They all use a census when they're determining, okay, who's going to be the representative in your local area? So, So those are two very important things that affect everyone's life because, number one, the Sooner Nation wants to make sure that that congressperson lives in the Sooner Nation, not somewhere else in, in some other adjoining county. So by counting the number of represent, uh, residents there, they make sure that they have that representation. Obviously, Jerome, we're in unique times. So kind of take me through how things are, are going now and what we can expect. Well, the beauty of the 2020 census is for the first time ever, one can go online and answer the census at www.2020census.gov. You go online. The census is offered in English and 12 other languages. Wow. It's 10 easy questions. The first question is, do you know your name? Hey, you're already <laughs> there, brother. <laughs> That's the first question. And then they go on to other questions like, uh, do you live in a house? Do you live in an apartment? Do you own it? Do you not own it? What's your age? Very simple questions. I, I promise you, we go to any, excuse me, any Sooner student, and they said, Jerome, I answered the census. It took me two minutes. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, you know, it, it, it's that easy. It's that convenient. For some other individuals who don't have Internet, and I'm speaking more specifically to our mature audiences, uh, we have a phone number. They can call 844 844- Three three zero twenty twenty. So, and and when you call on the phone, you have the option of English or twelve other languages. And what we've been doing since March twelfth, we have been mailing out to all city style addresses, and sending them a, a letter and a postcard, extending the invitation to go online and answer the census. There's a twelve digit 
code that we ask everyone to just type in. When you go into census, just type in that code. Boom, it pops up your residence. You just fill out the 10 easy questions that we've got. Uh, as of this past Wednesday, those households who have not answered the census, we've started to actually mail out the questionnaire. So to answer the 2020 census, three easy ways. You go online, you can pick up the phone and call, or that paper questionnaire that's come to your house, you fill it out, you put it in the mail, and it is done. Here's the great news. As I look at the Sooner Nation, and the Sooner Nation in that county right there, 51.2% of the households have already started to answer the census. That's awesome. fantastic. We need to get them to continue going. Let me tell you how good that number is. If you look at the state of Oklahoma, 41.9. Wow. Wow. Yes. You, you, you're, you're, you're doing, you are leading the, the, the whole state and what you're doing, but we, we can't stop. We have to keep going. If you look at the national number, it's 46.7. You're above the national average, and it, it all has to do with those Sooner Nation. They are going online. We need to make sure that you're doing it. In these times uh, where students are doing everything online, some of them still live around campus. Others have returned home. If that Sooner student has returned to the city of Dallas, guess what? I need them to go online, fill out the census, and put that Sooner address in there because that's where they would have been had we not had this COVID-19. So yes, we're asking, where did you live April 1? But more importantly, what we're saying to college students is, wait, if you lived off campus and you were right there in the Sooner Nation, we need you to put that address. If you lived on campus, no worries. The university's taking care of it and won't count you. Wow. So I, that's that's how you can really help me is that I think these numbers can get higher than 51 percent because the sooner students, especially the ones off campus that have already moved, you know, back to their respective homes. They don't know that they need to go online today, fill it out and put that sooner address in there. That will help the sooner nation tremendously. All right, Joan, let's wrap on this website. First time that we've been able to do this, 2020census.gov. Uh, also, the phone number that you mentioned for our uh, mature audience, if you will, our, our matured audience, 844-330-2020. Anything else we're missing out that we want to make sure to to let everyone know about? Just not the importance, but the necessity of this. Well, the, the first thing I want to tell everyone, it's confidential. Information is confidential. We do not share this information with any other governmental agency, nor can they go to court and obtain it. It's confidential by the U.S. Constitution, so it, it, it's safe. In fact, if, if you look at how many levels of security we have, uh, banks, they use anywhere from six to nine different levels of, of security. We use in excess of 15. Wow. It, it, it's safer. If you do online banking, Doing the census is twice as safe as that and secure. So no worries. Do it because I, I think that's a major concern as we look at the Sooner Nation. Yeah, I understand the importance, but is it safe? This is Internet. Come on. I know it is safe. <laughs> Trust me. This has been fantastic, Jerome. We appreciate your support. And please reach out. Anything we can do to help, just let us know. And, again, that is uh, the website is an easy way to navigate it. The phone number as well, too. We appreciate your time and look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you very much. Go Sooners, and I look forward to seeing you guys in Dallas. Hi, everyone. Meg McDonald here with one of the most decorated, not just gymnasts, but athletes of all time, the six-time NCAA individual national champion, 
Honda Sport Award winner, 2018 and 2019 NCAA All-Around Champion. So many Big 12 awards, the first gymnast to record two gym slams. The list, quite frankly, goes on and on and on. Maggie Nichols, thanks so much for uh, taking some time out of your day and hanging out with us. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So what have you been up to? Are you staying safe? Are you learning anything new? What's going on? Yeah, definitely staying safe, um, staying inside a lot, um, but I've really just been focused on school. Um, that's kind of nice. We still have classes at regular time, so that's kind of keeping me on a schedule, getting me up in the morning. Um, I've been working out a lot, going on really long walks, which is kind of nice, something different. Um, I don't know, I've been doing like fun things like basketball, playing catch, so like stuff I haven't really been able to do um, past few years. So it's been kind of interesting to do different activities and stuff, but I'm definitely missing gymnastics and competing. It's so crazy. I was trying to set this interview up with Lindsay Morrison, the SID for the women's gymnastics team at OU. And she's like, all right, well, she has class till noon on Monday. And I'm like, what? They're still in class. I keep forgetting you guys are like doing online classes. What's that been like? What's kind of the difference between going to class every day and now everything's shut down and you're doing only online classes? Yeah, so I think the only thing that's like similar is the time because our classes are at the exact same time like we had in class, but I mean, everything is completely different. The tests are different. Um, class is a little bit harder for me to um, learn the material just because it's like not really face-to-face -face. I mean like you are like on video but it's not like I'm like looking at the board I'm like looking at a screen so it's just a little bit different a little bit harder so I mean it's definitely a challenge but I mean I'm enjoying it and um, you know it's something different I guess. You mentioned you're taking walks you're playing basketball what's the most embarrassing thing you've done during this quarantine I know I'm like addicted to candy crush again which is mm -hmm. so random. What's, what's yours? Um, I would say every single time, or I play basketball almost every single day, and I always record my first shot. And so I like send it on my um, Snapchat to some of my friends. So I think that's kind of my embarrassing thing because I'm like pretty bad. Um, I wish I was good. So I always send um, my first shot and it's always terrible air ball. So not good. <laughs> I never knew you were into basketball. I wish I was good at it. Like, I'm really bad, but I really enjoy playing and, like, playing pig and horse and stuff like that. So, did anyone you wants watch, to play, I'll be yeah, down. <laughs> did you watch the horse competitions on ESPN? I did, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it right now. What is the, like, everyday habit or hobby that you miss the most right now? Um, I think for me, it's like the schedule aspect of it. Like I love to be busy and have like a schedule set out every single day, like wake up early, go to class, mm -hmm. tutoring, um, practice, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like I love being busy and I love um, socializing with my teachers and my classmates and my teammates, my coaches. And I don't know, I miss like, I don't know, the challenge I had every single day and being busy and having a lot to do and um, but I really miss going to practice and, you know, striving for that national championship. I think that's something that I'm definitely struggling with right now just because we didn't get the opportunity. But, I mean, it always crosses my head, like, I should be at practice right now. But um, I don't know. That's just kind of what is a little bit challenging for me right now. I know KJ and your team, they're having, like, Zoom meetings. What do you guys talk about? 
Um, it's really nice to have those Zoom meetings. It's because we can see everyone's faces, um, even though we aren't in person. But, um, you know, KJ kind of just talks about what's going on and um, kind of just updates us. And then we always, she always asks us, like, how we're doing, like, what we're doing good, what we're struggling with. And we always go one by one and we talk about, like, what's good, what's bad, like, if we have any tips or, like, all that kind of stuff. And then also we have, like, partners for conditioning um it changes every week and so we like talk about that too and like what we did or like like my group um last week i was with oh and then um audrey and we just sent like motivational quotes and we like sent videos of like our workout or just stuff like that like fun stuff to keep us motivated so take me back to that thursday before the minnesota meet on march 14th the final meet of the regular season it had been sold out for weeks i think you Olivia Troutman were both a huge part of selling some of those tickets. What was that moment like that day of practice when KJ sat the team down and said, we're not going to Minnesota? Not that the, that the season was canceled, but you guys are not flying out to Minnesota. You weren't going to be able to compete in front of your friends and family one last time. Yeah, so actually that Wednesday night, we were supposed to get an itinerary list of like what to pack for Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And we never got it. And I, I texted KJ, I was like, do you have the itinerary finished? And she texted me back, yes. And so I was like, okay, but she didn't send it. And so we were all kind of like, because everyone was asking me if I had the itinerary. And I was like, uh, not yet, but she thinks she's still working on it. I'm not sure. And then the NBA um, announced that their season was this, what it, they're canceled or whatever. And so yeah. we were all kind of like, what is going on? And then Thursday came around normal day of classes and then we get a text from KJ and she said that we weren't traveling and so I was really sad and I know O was too and the rest of the team but I mean us too are really sad just because it was our last regular season meet and it was sold out in Minnesota and we were really excited um so that was sad in itself but we were still very motivated when we went into the gym that day just because we still had things to work towards and we wanted to still go for the national championship even if we weren't going to go to Minnesota um but halfway through that workout, um, after my beam rotation, KJ called us all into the team room. And I think some of us knew what she was going to say. And I think I just saw like a white sheet. Like I just, my vision went like white because I knew what she was going to say. Like I was so upset and we went into the team room and she said that um, our season was done. And I can't even describe the feeling that I felt because not only was the season cut short but me Jade and Bree's careers were just finished and it was just something that I just can't even explain and I was completely heartbroken and devastated but at the same time it made me gain a new perspective on you know treat every day and every second like it's your last or your last time um training and all that kind of stuff enjoy every single moment because you know I never thought that last beam rotation was going to be my last time you know and so I don't know it was just, the whole thing was just really crazy. And, um, you know, my head, I still haven't wrapped it, my head around it yet. And um, I don't know, it was, it was a sad day for sure. Has it gotten easier? It just seems like now this is almost the new norm, right? We're like a month into quarantine. Has it gotten easier or has it gotten harder knowing that nationals were this weekend, right? Yeah. Um, it's, I've had, I honestly have good days and bad days. Um, 
it's going to take me, I know myself a while to get over it just because we were working so hard to, you know, win that national championship and win the big 12 and all of that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I love gymnastics and I love competing and um, helping my team um, win competition. So just, you know, it's, it's a little bit hard just being in the house all the time and just there's a lot of time to think. And when I'm going on my walks, I think a lot. And, and sometimes I think like, what if like this didn't happen? Like, what would we be doing? Like, would we have won? Like all that kind of stuff. And I know when it was regionals, um, I know me and Bree talked about it, like, dang, like, we'd be, like, competing right now. Like, it's just kind of, it, the whole thing is crazy and really hard for me to wrap my head around. But I know Nationals is, you know, in the next few days, I think. And it's just, it's a little bit, it's a little bit heartbreaking. But in the grand scheme of things, it's for a better reason and um, to ensure everyone is safe. So, I mean, it's, that's what kind of eases my mind. So that day when KJ sat the team down, who did you call right after? Who did you talk to right after that maybe helped put things into perspective for you? Yeah, so I mean, I did, I didn't look at my phone right away. Um, me, Bree, Jade, and the coaches were kind of all just sitting on the floor talking just about memories and stuff like that. And then I did look at my phone and I had a bunch of text messages from, you know, other athletes and my friends. And then my mom did call me and she was just like saying how proud she was of me about all my um, accomplishments and that I couldn't have ended on a better note. And that kind of eased my mind because I agree with her. I think that ending on the senior night and I feel like I had one of my best meets of my career, even though the all around score didn't show it. I felt like I just performed almost um, near perfect on every single event and the whole team just came together that night. And I just felt like it was with the circumstances. I feel like it was the best ending that I could have had. Yeah, and a lot of teams didn't get a senior night. And I think, I know for me, what stood out for your guy, this senior class's uh, senior night was Brie. And, you know, they showed her floor routine on the Jumbotron, and it was like everyone was crying, you know. I'm happy you guys got that moment. And even if it just puts some closure to your careers inside the Lloyd Noble Center, I think that was really important. I think it was really important too. And I think ending that night with her routine was something so special. I know not only for the team, but for her too. I think that she really needed that. And I wasn't, I'm not really an emotional person at all. And I knew I wasn't going to cry the whole night because of the senior, the senior night stuff. But once that video came up, I just burst into tears and just started bawling because I'm just so proud of Brie and everything that she has been through. And, um, you know, she's my best bud and we go through everything together. So just to see her smile and um, watch her do one more floor routine was just so special. And, you know, I see on the cake to such an amazing senior night and career for um, all of us. So the NCAA 10 record is at 28. You have 22. So six more you had a few more meets to be able to even tie it, if not beat it. When did it register to you that that might not be a possibility anymore? Um, I think when, um, a little bit after when KJ told us that our like season was done, I knew that Kyle and I were like tied after senior night. And I think that for one, I think that's really special that we we tied um, both at the end of our careers. I think that's really something really cool. Um, it's just really special, I think. And then, um, you know, I, even though I didn't 
break the record of tens. I think 22 is pretty awesome. So, I mean, I'm pretty at ease with it, but I mean, I would have loved to, you know, break that record or um, strive to do so. Yeah, I think you and UCLA's Kyla Ross were tied at 22 at the exact same moment. So that is pretty cool. Um, I am editing a piece on you about all of your tens, like from start to finish your career tens. And it's been so cool to look back at those moments, like the UCLA meet at UCLA where you had to score a 10 for the team to win or that 110 at Super 6, I think it was your freshman year on beam after you fell at semis, you got a 10 the next night, like only Maggie Nichols would be able to pull that off. Do you have a favorite 10 moment where you clinched a meet or it was your very first 10 or your last 10 at Michigan versus Michigan at home? Do you have a favorite 10 moment? It's honestly so hard to pick a favorite 10 moment because they're all so special because, you know, when you're training, that's what you're striving to score. And so when you do score one, it's just like the same feeling every single time. I know I just get a huge smile on my face and it's just like, did I really just do that? Like, it's crazy. But I mean, a few of my favorite 10s is, of course, my first one that I got in West Virginia on vault. Um, Secondly, when I clinched the meet at UCLA, that was honestly like so cool. I can't even explain the feeling. And then my beam routine at NCAA's um, second day when we won the national championship and I got the 10 on beam. Um, that beam routine was probably one of the best beam routines I've done. It was just so solid. And then I stuck my double back. Um, and I, I feel like I knew that it was going to be a 10. Um, and then honestly, my 10 at senior night um, on vault, just because I don't know, it was my last competition, um, senior night, and it was a pretty good vault. And I, it was just icing on the cake. But they're all so special, and I, it's hard to pick a favorite. So going through all of these routines from your freshman to your senior year, I forgot how different your routines were your freshman year. You had three passes on floor. Sometimes you do a piked full in. Sometimes you just do a double pike. Mm-hmm. You had a front tuck on beam, a double back dismount on beam. Like you were doing elite level routines your freshman year. And then your senior year, you only did two passes on floor and it seemed like they were different every time. I couldn't keep up. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite routine on a specific event over the course of the four years that is really memorable to you? Um, I would say my 14 freshman year. I feel like the music, the dance, um, my tumbling, like everything came together so perfectly. And I watch it back now and it just kind of gives me goosebumps because it it was just such an amazing routine and KJ is so incredible at what she does and Tom with floor he's the coach and so my tumbling and everything together was just perfect and I miss competing that routine um but I mean all my routines and all the events every single year were different so I think that's kind of special and that um I'll definitely remember competing every single one of my routines. You do have fans that are absolutely devastated whether it's instagram twitter social media that they can't watch you kind of close out your ncaa career properly what would you say to some of those fans right now um i would say not to be upset and just to you know maybe look back at other competitions and my senior night and call that my um perfect ending of my gymnastics career because um, even though it was cut short, I did end on a good note and, um, you know, left everything that I had um, left in me on the floor that night. So I think just look at the positives in the situation and not look at the, the sadness of my ending of my career. 
So I can't get too in depth in this next question, but I'll let you take it wherever you want. With the winter sports getting another year of eligibility and not the spring sports, I don't want to ask you, would you come back if you were granted another year? But I do want to ask you, could you come back? Could your body hold up for another year of NCAA gymnastics? Um, I wish they would give us another year of eligibility just because, for one, I feel like it is the right thing to do. And two, I would definitely consider coming back. I know that sounds crazy and I know my body is old and I have had a lot of injuries and everything like that. But I mean, the, we have such amazing trainers and doctors and I know that they would, they would get me through and I would just love to, you know, wear an OU Leo one more time and just to help the team win another national championship because I don't know, I just, I love the sport and I want to end on being at national championships. So do you think, and obviously hypothetical, that I would think this is the longest time you've ever had off from being at the gym. Whether you're rehabbing from a surgery or an injury, you're still going in and like doing what you can conditioning wise. Would this time off during quarantine help or hurt the potential of keeping to do gymnastics? Yeah, so this is by far the longest I've ever had off, I think, since I was three years old. Um, it's just, I think, coming back to the sport of gymnastics would probably be the hardest out of any other sport. And I'm saying that because we are flipping and we're flipping on our hands and our feet on a four-inch beam and our center of gravity has to be, you know, perfectly spot on. And these doing gymnastics you have to have these little muscles that you only get from doing gymnastics so no matter how much you work out and how much you exercise those little muscles kind of go away and so taking this long of a break will be very difficult to come back and you'll have to start from the basics you know starting doing cartwheels in front like handsprings and little stuff like that but when you get your timing back um so it'll definitely be very difficult and be people will be very sore and it'll take a lot of time and diligent work to get back to where you were. Yeah, and I tell people all the time, for people who don't know, I was at gymnast in college as well, and I try to tell people, like, there's no pickup league after this sport. Like, you can't just go to a gym, shoot some hoops, hit a couple balls. Like, there's nothing. You can't, there's, you don't just run down a sidewalk and do a Yurchenko one and a half. Like, nope. there's not a beam set up where you can do a dismount. Like, you're truly done when you're done. So I think that's an interesting take on it. Um, we will mix in some Twitter questions. I tweeted out this morning if anyone had questions and we actually got some pretty good ones. So at DBT coach on Twitter wants to know how you're staying fit during this time. Do you have any simple but effective workout tips? Okay, yes, I am staying very active. I think I work out almost every single day. Um, I go on a really long walk every single day, um, more than three miles. Um, then I do like little circuits, either the ones that KJ send a, sends us, um, or I like look up like um, cardio workouts, like on YouTube and stuff like that. Like I find different things for myself to do to stay entertained and then stay fit as well. Um, I also do yoga as well too. Sometimes um, it is really hard. You wouldn't think so, but it is. I start to sweat. So, um, but I just find workouts that are good for my body and just keep me in shape. Okay, I do want to hear your thoughts on the 2020 Olympics being postponed to next summer. If you were in those athlete shoes, especially say some of the older gymnasts like Michaela Skinner, Simone Biles, 
who have to train another year. Yeah. If you could put yourself in their shoes, what would you think about Tokyo 2021? Um, I think that I would be very upset um, just because if I was like the age I am, like Michaela and Simone, um, I know that our bodies are, you know, are very old and have gone through a lot of pounding and everything like that. Um, but at the same time, it is more time to improve and get better and um, just improve the skills that you're training. Um, but it is, it is hard to, you know, I'm sure they're all struggling with wrapping their heads around the fact that they have to train a whole nother year and compete and stay at their peak or even get better. So JL Stremmel, and I apologize if I'm not pronouncing the Twitter user correctly, um, but he wants to know, would you be trying to make a 2021 Olympic Team US NCAA year affects that desire? Um, I wish I could <laughs> come back to the elite gymnastics. I would die to go to the Olympics. Um, you know, maybe after this quarantine, I'll feel, my body will feel great and I'll come back. And, you know, I would, I would love to. That'd be incredible. But, you know, we'll have to see. <laughs> Okay, so I do want to go back to 2016, though, which the year you were gearing up for kind of your bubble of the Olympics, I guess you could say. You were a huge part of Team USA at Worlds in 2015 and in winning a gold medal for the team. I believe you took a bronze medal on floor individually. Then in 2016, you tear your meniscus, everything changes. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is hypothetical and whatnot, but holy cow, can you imagine having one more year to prepare for the Olympic Games? See, in that circumstance, I think that would have been incredible for me. Um, I didn't have enough time to get back to where I wanted after that meniscus surgery. Um, so I feel like if I, was in, if I was in that position right now and I had a whole nother year, it would be incredible. So, I mean, if there are girls in, in that um, situation, I mean, that's good for them too. And also, it's, it's cool that some of the juniors right now too, um, they're not old enough for the Olympics in 2020. And so they will be old enough in 2021. So, I mean, that's kind of cool as well to think about um, just depending on the situation. But if we go back to 2016 and this happened then, um, I would be very excited. <laughs> it could have been a huge positive actually for your circumstance, especially. It would have been, yes. <laughs> Okay, so back to Oklahoma, or actually, let's just go reflect on your entire gymnastics career from, yes, NCAA just a month ago to, gosh, when you were three years old, to your elite career, to the world championships, to Olympic trials, to everything. What are you most proud of? Um, that's a hard question, but I think I'm really proud of my resilience through my career, um, starting from when I was young. Um, I think that I personally went through a lot of injuries, um, a lot of hard situations, um, you know, from the injuries to not make the Olympic team to everything that happened with USA Gymnastics. Um, I think that I always tried to keep a positive outlook on the sport of gymnastics, and I always just loved it so much. And no matter what I was going through, I always set those goals for myself, little and big. And I always try to keep a positive attitude and try not to dwell on what I was going through. So I think that's something that I'm really proud of. And 
if I didn't go through all of that, I wouldn't be the person and the athlete and the woman that I am today if I didn't go through the hard times. And I just am very proud that I stayed resilient. And um, that's definitely a quality that I learned throughout my career. So Caitlin on Twitter wants to know, what was the hardest thing you had to overcome as a gymnast during your time at Oklahoma? Um, hardest thing I had to overcome. That's a hard question. I feel like there's a lot of difficult things that I had to go through, but I did get surgery after my freshman year on my knee because I, I have a few different issues with both of my knees. And so I think that was something that um, was really hard for me to come back from just because it was kind of a hard surgery and um, had to be in crutches for like six weeks. Um, but the surgery went good. And then um, I think something that was my hardest difficulty was just my body staying healthy throughout the long seasons. Um, I'm kind of fragile when it comes to like injuries and stuff like that. So I, that's something that I really struggle with. And I, towards the end of my career, um, my knee was kind of getting worse and worse and just hurting more. So I think I just, I, that was something that I struggled with, but I got really smart with keeping my body really healthy and my trainers and coaches kept me very safe and healthy as well. So I, I really think that I learned a lot about injuries and stuff like that throughout my career, even though that was the thing that I struggled with the most. So the next step in your life, the next chapter in your life, um, the plan is that you will be a student coach for OU with head coach KJ Kindler, Tom and Lou. Um, what are you most excited about kind of flipping that page into a new chapter where you're no, no longer doing the gymnastics? Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. Um, for one, I'm excited to be um, taught by the best of the best. I mean, not being biased, but I think KJ, Tom, and Lou are the best coaches in the country. And so I'm just very excited to learn from the best and to learn um, every single detail of coaching. And also I'm really excited to still be around OU Women's Gymnastics and um, still be part of the family a little bit. And just to be in different shoes, I'm really excited. And I'm really excited for the new challenge. What do you think you have gathered, learned, from KJ, Lou, and Tom in these past four years? I think I've learned so many incredible lessons from them, but something that I really admire from them is that they grow each athlete into a national champion. Um, I think that they bring in level 10s, they bring in elites, but they know how to coach every single individual um, how they need to be coached. And so I think that's something that I really admire and um, something that I want to um, do when I move forward with my coaching. So I think that's something that I, that they are incredible at and it's, it's truly inspiring. Uh, is there an event that you're looking forward to coaching the most? Uh, probably bars. I, I love bars. I love watching bars. Um, I don't know. I'm really excited to, you know, help athletes become better at bars. I know a lot of people do struggle with bars too. And so I feel like since I have done a lot of the skills and I've been in the sport for so many years, I feel like I have a lot of good um, tips and I have a good outlook on it. So I'm just really excited to coach bars, but also I want to coach every event. So I'm just really excited for that too. Okay. Another Twitter question from Honda Delt. Is she going into broadcast? Casting since she's changed the face of NCAA gymnastics, but doing something different with announcing like the NFL does and describing plays on the on NFL Fox 
since she's a star and we'd get to briefly see her demo her skills and explain judging and technique. Yes, yeah, so I do want to go into sports broadcasting. Um, so that is something that I have a huge um, passion for too. So I am like looking into internships and I do want to go do some things with OU. Um, so I'm just really excited for that. So it's something to look forward to. Okay, so as we wrap up this interview, I do want to have a couple fun questions because this time has been so crazy and it's almost the new norm now. So, okay, we'll start out with shows that you've binge watched. See, that's funny. Um, I'm not someone who watches a lot of Netflix and watches TV shows all too much, um, but I actually just started um, All American yesterday. So okay. it's the only show that I have watched a little bit, but I've really just been watching like movies and stuff. What is a good movie that you've been watching or that you've watched? What is the movie? Um, I still believe, I think it, it just came out. It was supposed to be in theaters. So you do have to pay for it, but it's, it's amazing. You guys should all watch it. Okay. If you didn't do gymnastics, what sport would you play? Um, okay, this is a fun question. I think I would either play basketball, if I was better, and then, and maybe taller, and then track. I feel like, how tall are you? 5'4", right? I know, I'm like 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, 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 five. You might be able to do, be a point guard. You're right. You know, run the floor. Yeah. I would love to, I wish. Okay, what unhealthy, what, really? I, I really thought I knew you. I did not know the <laughs> basketball love. <laughs> I don't know if you know that about me, but. Okay, what unhealthy food have you been eating that you wouldn't want KJ Kindler to know about? <laughs> Putting you on the spot. Oh gosh, what have I ate? That's bad. I honestly have been pretty diligent with eating just because, you know, we're not doing too much, but what is something that I had bad? It's honestly a hard question. I, I actually had some ice cream a few days ago, so. <laughs> few times since quarantine, actually, but <laughs> it's, um, it's a balance. It's all about balance. That's all about balance. So when this quarantine is over and hopefully everyone is safe and can return to their everyday lives, mm -hmm. what will be the first thing that you do? First thing that I do, I feel like just hang out with friends and people that I haven't seen in a long time, catch up with everyone. Um, I don't even know, maybe go shopping or something. I feel like I haven't done anything. Um, but that's a hard question. Just get out and about and see people socialize because I'm starting to go crazy a little bit. So I asked you what sport that you would play if you didn't do gymnastics. What's a hobby that you would do in this next chapter of your life? It can be knitting, I don't know, rollerblading, whatever. What hobby would you pick up? Um, that's hard too. I feel like probably like hiking or like fishing. Um, also I love to bike. So like some, one of those things probably, um, I have been biking a little bit, but, um, definitely something that I want to continue to do, um, in my life. So. Okay. Last question for you. If you could say one thing to Sooner Nation right now, what would you say? Oh, to Sooner Nation, um, I would just want to say thank you um, for all the support and all the love and all the smiles that I've received through 
um, my career here at OU. Um, it's really sad that it's it's all over, um, but I'm just incredibly thankfully um, or thankful and blessed to have each and every one of you guys in my life. And I'm just so thankful for all the support and I definitely would not be where I am without you guys. And I'm definitely gonna miss seeing you guys at competitions and stuff, but definitely reach out on social media. I love getting messages and replies and stuff. So um, um, always a sooner, so love you guys. Love it. All right, well, Maggie, thanks so so much for uh, hanging out with us today. This was actually longer than I expected, and it was fun. <laughs> I had a had a great time. It was really fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. All right, stay safe and thanks again. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Here's what's on tap, presented by Walden Cleaners. Coming up tomorrow night, our classic broadcast features Sooner softball as we take you back to the 2016 Women's College World Series and the Game Three Showdown between OU and Auburn. Then on Friday, we talk OU football and the NFL draft with Teddy Lehman and Jason White. Again, that's what's on tap presented by Walden Cleaners. Open for business and offering free pickup and delivery for all your household bundle wash and garment care needs. Register online or on our website or download our customer app in the app store, Walden Cleaners. So Meg, I think that was a uh, good first show, no doubt. I, again, we, we talked about it in the open, but uh, I think we set the bar high. I do want uh, to put out there for people, you said you got a lot of Twitter questions. I hope that being that right now it is kind of a downtime and we don't have sports, that people will get involved with us here. Let us know who you want to hear from, what you want to know, uh, et cetera, et cetera, because we want to bring what the people want, right? Let's give the people what they want, baby. Let's go. <laughs> so uh, let's see if I remember this. Follow Meg on Twitter. Meg oh, underscore underscore McDonald. I literally don't even know what my name is. Let me check. <laughs> okay, well, why okay here's the problem. The problem is there are so many Megan McDonald's that exist in this world. And so I have to like try to get creative because I have to keep somewhat of a professional name on Twitter. Like I can't, I don't you know. Can't I can't do have a weird uh, former gymnast, one, two, three, four. No. Okay. You're right. Okay. It's Meg underscore underscore McDonald. There's two, two underscores. Two yeah. And I'm at Jessica Cootie. No fanciness needed for mine because there aren't very many cooties in the world. So there's only one. S-S-I-C-A-C-O-O-D-Y. Get that double O. Cootie. <laughs> there. No, I do not have cooties. That joke got old in kindergarten. So yeah, hit us up. Let us know who you want to hear from. Um, I know we've got, we've had some requests for Annie Hansen, um, the uh, director of recruiting for Oklahoma football. Hopefully we can get her on. Coaches. Um, I put in a request for Jackie Stiles, big fan of her, Taylor Robertson. The list goes on and on. So many great options to hear from. Let us know who you want to hear from, what you want to know, and we will try to hook that up for you. So episode one of the ladies podcast, we're back on your airwaves. Meg, final thoughts? Um, Jess, I'm just so happy to see you. I haven't seen you in like a month. For those who don't know, we share an office. Like we see each other all day, every day. We run ideas past each other. We work really, really close together. I haven't seen Jess in a month. So this is an exciting moment for me, everyone. I hope you understand that. This podcast isn't for you. It's for me. It's for me to see my friend. <laughs> so you're probably listening to this thinking what is she talking about we're recording this via zoom because of course we're following the 
guidelines. We are quarantined right now. She's at her house. I'm at my house. Mm -hmm. And uh, right here, you can see my dog, Sammy, is loving this staying <laughs> working at home business. He's always wanted me to be a stay-at-home mom. He's getting his uh, wishes right now. All right, so for Meg McDonald, I'm Jessica Cootie. Thanks for listening to uh, this episode of the Sooner Sports Podcast, Ladies Edition, OU Women's Wednesday. We'll see you next Wednesday right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast.